Good morning, everybody. It's Jody with our 10-minute daily devotional. Happy Thursday. Um, I'm excited that the weekend is almost here. Um, we don't have any big plans or anything like that, but I'm just excited. Um, so yay, <laughs> yay weekend. Um, let me open this up with the prayer. Um, hey, hey, Amy. Dear God, thank you so much um, that we are here with you today. Um, God, as we are coming before you, please open our hearts and our minds to your word so that we can just hear you and feel you and know that you're with us. In your name we pray, amen. All right. Um, so today I was thinking we'll just jump right in. I know yesterday if you did the podcast, um, it cut off, and I'm so sorry. The Instagram stayed the whole time, um, but somehow I accidentally turned off the podcast. I hate it when I do that. But anyway, you got most of it. I ended soon after um, I realized it was cut off, but we're talking about faith, and we're reading the story of the covenant, the Abraham's covenant um, that God made with him, and just talking about faith and how it can be sometimes easier to have faith in extraordinary circumstances, but what about the ordinary circumstances? And so Bill Muntz, as we're reading the 52 major stories of the Bible, lists out several ordinary circumstances to have faith. And so he says, um, you know, we see faith in the life of the husband who ignores the lures of the world and honors God's priorities in his life, which means he comes from home from work plays baseball with his kids when he would rather sit on the couch. Um, it says, you know, pulling a working man, pulling his or her tired frame out of bed five days a week, 50 weeks out of the year, getting a two-week vacation in August and choosing a trip that will please the kids. Faith is spending your money wisely when you'd rather indulge in something new. Faith is taking your son bike riding on Saturday when you want so badly to watch the baseball game. Faith is cleaning out your garage on your day off after working 60 hours the week prior. The life of faith is coping with head colds and engine tune-ups and crabgrass and income tax forms. It's taking your family to church on Sunday when you've heard every idea the minister has to offer. Um giving a portion of your income to God's work when you already wonder how you'll make ends meet. That is the life of, of faith, who has all of these lures, someone who has all of these lures, all of these things in front of him or her, but he believes in God's priorities and puts God and his family first and says no to other things. So this morning, as we think about that very early in the morning, um, I want to think about what does your faith look like? What is your everyday mundane tasks that you do to please God? And, you know, he mentioned here as we were reading through a lot of tasks around your family. So a lot of tasks around, you know, doing things that you, for your family versus things that you um, would rather do for yourself. And maybe in your life, it's taking care of a, loved one, um, you know, taking care of a sick pet, um, who knows, uh, taking care of a neighbor. Um, but what do you do in your life that sometimes you consider so mundane and just are like, ah, oh, I can't believe I have to do this again. Yet, you know, it's what God would want of you. So, um, let's pull out our journal 
and today it's February 3rd. And let's write down what are my mundane tasks. What are my mundane tasks that I do to please God? And maybe it's not that I do to please God, but that I do that to please God. I'm going to change it. What are my mundane tasks? Speak the word. What are my mundane tasks? that I do that please God. And um, sometimes we probably get so caught up in it we forget that the little things that we do, God is proud of us. He's pleased. And, um, you know, it shows our faith in him. So, um, anyway, think about that today. And give yourself a pat on the back. I feel like sometimes we're so hard on, on ourselves. Um, give yourself a pat on the back, but keep going. All right, now, hi, Emily. Now I want to read this part that says, are you fully convinced that what God says is true? So it says, um, this is the faith of Abraham. This is the faith of being fully convinced in the promises of God and then faithfully obeying him. It's what God wants from Abraham, and it's what God wants from you and me. So are you fully convinced that what God says is true? So think about that for a minute. Do you really believe that what God says throughout the Bible and what you feel he's saying to you is true? Are you in the deepest, darkest part of your soul absolutely convinced that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do? Because if you are, then you'll have the life of joy, a joy that is deep down inside because you are receiving the blessing of God. You are accepting God at his word and you are stepping out in faith and watching him keep his promises. Who receives the blessings of Abraham? You and I do. That's awesome. Um, Galatians 3, 7 says the following, which is exciting because I'm almost there in my little soap study like we talked about yesterday. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham all the sons and daughters. So basically what that verse says, if you have faith, you are a child of Abraham, a son of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. And so then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. It says, if you and I are fully convinced that God is true, then we are an inheritor of the blessings of Abraham, the blessings that God gave to him and through him to bless all the families of the world. And then here's the other part of it. If you are not fully convinced that God is true, then he has a few things to ask of you. First, would you be willing to cry out with the Father in Mark 9? So there's a father in Mark 9. So read the story. If you're not fully convinced, read the story in Mark 9. The father brings his demon-possessed son to Jesus, and he says, If you will, you can heal him. And Jesus says, I can. The man responds in one of the most beautiful declarations in Scripture. He says, I believe. Help my unbelief. And so Bill says, If you have been holding portions of your heart back, 
if you have been refusing to truly believe in God, cry out to him, I do believe God, but please help my unbelief. That's a great prayer, isn't it? Please help my unbelief. I think that even if we do truly believe in God with all of our heart, say, we can say that prayer anyways, in case there's a little bit of us that we don't even realize. Make visible to me any unbelief that I have so that I can, that I can heal it. All right, let's go ahead and pull our journals back out and write down our praise and our prayer request. Okay, I'm going to think on that a little bit more. Let me pray for us. Dear God, I just... Um, Thank you for these words from Bill Muntz and the words in Galatians and in Mark. Um, and God, you know, please help our unbelief. Some of us realize that we have a lot of unbelief and some of us maybe don't realize that we have any. And maybe we don't. But if we do, there's even a little shred of it. Help our unbelief. Reveal to us what is causing us to stumble so that we can, can ask you also to help us correct it. We love you, God, and we just want to be close to you, and it's hard to be close if we have unbelief. So thank you. Thank you that we can call out on you for anything. In your name we pray, amen. All right, I'm going to go have some more coffee because I'm very tired today, and you go enjoy your day. Have an awesome one, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.